0: Welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast.
1: Whether you are looking for help recovering from mold illness or just want to learn more about creating a safe environment for your family, this podcast is the place for you.
0: All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mold Matters, the podcast dedicated to mold, health, and anything else we can think of that might relate. To mold and health. All things mold. All things all mold. Things mold. Exactly. I like
2: all things health with mold or mold <laughs> out of it. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. And actually, you might have heard another voice that you're not used to right next to us today. Joining us live is, do you want to introduce yourself real quick?
2: My name is Dr. Jeff Wright. I am an atropathic physician. I've been practicing for almost 20 years. Um, I studied uh, the people that I see in my practice when, uh, before I retired. I've since retired. Um, the people that I saw in my practice were typically the people who are unable to get help everywhere else. Uh, We lovingly referred to them as medical rejects, Uh, (laughs) though these are people who had not been able to get help from their regular doctors who were doing a great job. They just didn't have the knowledge and information to really get these people well. So we would uh, put them through a whole protocol and commonly found, I would say, the two most common things Uh, Well, I'll just tell you the the most common thing that I found made people chronically ill in funny ways was mold toxicity, mold poisoning. They were living in an environment that was making them sick. So lots of other things, but that was probably the single most common reason why people were not well.
0: This is great. That was a great introduction because I want to, I actually want to dive into your story a little bit more about Mm -hmm. how you, because you didn't start out being, well, let, let me back up even further.
1: Well, My let me be, hold that thought for a minute. I want to say something about Dr. Wright because because Dr. Wright and and I have known each other for eight years, seven years, something like that. Ish, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I see a lot of people who have struggled with maltoxicity. toxicity. Dr. Wright is amazing. He's he's been a blessing to. A huge amount of people
0: so well and I can say uh, many people are depressed when you retired last year <laughs> how, how often have we heard that right yeah. yeah people are like they retired what I had no
2: idea that it was going to ripple quite like yes it rippled
0: it's a ripple it's yeah. a ripple <laughs> it was <laughs> more of a tidal wave but yeah And, th- and hence, we're <laughs> biting into podcasts and trying to revitalize his mold mm-hmm. expertise in in uh, in any way we can. So. And
2: I, I'm just going to say this for the podcast. I hope that this, that this is the beginning of a whole lot more because this information needs to be out there. Yeah. And people desperately
0: need it. Yeah. I, I, I'm uh, writing up just a mold pamphlet and uh, I found a great quote that I think you'll agree with, Jeff. Do you, do you know Dr. Mericola or something like Mercola, that? Mercola Yeah. He's kind of a famous online or, or
2: doctor. I actually spoke with him at a conference a couple of years
0: ago. Did you? I, I don't know much about him, if he's a great or a doctor or not, but he, he said a great quote. He said, "Every doctor in the world is treating mold illness; they just don't know it."
2: I'd agree. <laughs> uh, I give you some. Uh, early on, um, when I graduated from medical school, my least favorite class, just because it was so depressing, was environmental medicine. Hmm. About all the bad stuff that can hurt you. Uh, early on in my practice, I went to an environmental conference. It was basically uh, at leaving the conference, it was cool, okay, it will be fine as long as I don't um, eat, drink, or breathe, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> except that I'm kind of attached to all three of those. Uh, and then I, and the people who were coming in were getting sicker and sicker, and I could help probably eighty five to ninety percent of those really sick people. But there was five to ten percent who just did not get well started studying Lyme disease, which is another mess, Um, and I read a book. uh, I had a patient who loved me and sent me all these books that I had to read. My wife's a speed reader. She read all of them. and said, this is the best one. I read the best one, and in there, he said, well, for mold, I sent it to this guy, um, who was Richie Shoemaker, who is the mold guy. He's the one who literally wrote the protocol, uh, and I have a lot of honor for him. While I slightly disagree on some areas, it's more of a uh, I would say it's more of a philosophical disagreement, not a scientific disagreement. But after reading, and then so I went and got Richie Shoemaker's books and read those, and I was completely blown away. All of his books were answered the question of why that 5 to 10% of my patients were not getting well. So when Dr. McCullough says everybody's treating mold illness, I just don't know it, I would submit that's probably true.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, Part of that is because the, the variety of symptoms, isn't it just enormous, the list of symptoms that you could have if it was mold?
2: I had a handout that I gave to people, and uh, I can give that to you later, but it was basically a half sheet that said, you know, sinus and vision, if you're getting allergies or asthma or cough, or you're tearing up all the time, or maybe your eyes are red, that could be mold. But you might think, oh, well, I just have seasonal allergies. Yes, but it also could be mold. But if you're also having nervous system problems like your skin seems sensitive or you're dizzy or you're starting to get a tremor or some tingling or if you get static electricity shocks, that's a really big one. And it means it's a later stage that you're getting, that you've got a major problem. Or if you just can't handle temperatures very well or if you're confused or if you're disoriented, if your moods are all over the place or if you can't seem to remember stuff or you just can't focus anymore, Uh, Or if you wake up and you're just sore, or if you just wake up and you just don't feel good, all of those. You might say, oh, I'm getting older. Yeah, so am I, but I don't have any of those problems. Hmm. All of those can be mold. They can be other things as well. But when I start seeing weird symptoms across the board, I start asking the question, where's your mold?
0: Yeah. And actually, okay, so going back to what I wanted to say earlier, I I want to – you introduced your – kind of yourself and the mm-hmm. 20 years experience you've had in the medical field you talked about this 5 10 15% that you couldn't deal with but you didn't when you first started your practice you didn't start with mold right nope. like what what exactly was it that got you into the mold was it this this little cross section of people that you couldn't figure out and so you were researching things and you eventually stumbled across mold what you got got you into mold
2: I tripped over it I stumbled over. yeah mm-hmm. it was not uh, I had originally at, at the conferences in, in medical school, it was treat symptomatically, which never sat well with me because mm-hmm. I'm one who wants to get to the end of the problem. I want to get to the solution and fix it. I, I'm, I'd say I'm a crazy doctor. I believe that the immune system can ha- is designed to handle everything that the world could throw against it. I believe God created our bodies that way is that we have an immune system to deal with everything. And it's not oh, not designed to. It can deal with everything but mold, or oh, it can deal with everything but Lyme disease. It's no, it's designed to deal with everything, but it needs the foundation tools. And so going in with that belief, I had my curriculum, I had my knowledge base, I had my how do you deal with all these diseases. But there was always the stuff in the back of my mind of well, why isn't that person getting better? if we are doing everything for that particular disease, and that person is not getting better, what is it that I am missing? What is it they are not telling me? What is it that's being missed that is making it, that is making them not get better? And uh, mold was the final thing that I came across that was the kicker that, wa- that we were missing because we live in Utah. Utah is a dry place. We have rain today, but Utah is a dry place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we don't have mold here, right? Because right. it's very dry. Mold doesn't grow here. Well, we live in these homes that are really well built and insulate really well. And sometimes people spill water. Yeah. Right.
1: Or they have pipes. Or have they have pipes
2: that break. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, if you didn't clean it up in very, you know, days, a day or two, yeah. mold tends to grow in drywall. Yeah. Uh, mold tends to grow in carpet, and if you didn't clean it up, or if you did clean it up, it's still you have to clean all of it up. Yeah. Mm. So, so I, I, to answer your question, I really literally stumbled into it.
0: Interesting. Um, and how many people? I mean, I kind of always wonder how many people are probably affected negatively by mold. You know. So let me
1: throw this in. Um, my wife teases me all the time. She's like, Mike every illness in the world is not caused by mold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but sometimes I wonder. I honestly do, because I at talk to, I mean, at least in it's my related, to. Yeah, that. at least in my circle, because people call and, and they're concerned about mold, and so I end up talking to them. Mm-hmm. And all the health issues that they have, I can tell, just not because I'm anywhere nearly as smart as Dr. Wright, um, but because I've done this over and over and over again and talked to thousands of people, I can tell them, yeah, that's a symptom of mold, that's a symptom of mold. It's, mm-hmm. it's an epidemic out there. I'm
2: gonna poke yeah. holes in that, that argument. Okay. Um, first of all, we're a little bit on the delusionary side to think that there's a single cause for all diseases. Um, I would say if you're breathing air, you're going to get a disease. So should we su- submit that um, breathing air is cause of disease? Yeah. Uh, you know, birth is 100% fatal. That's kind of a sad way to look at it, but it is. Uh So Uh reality is, is mold is one of the contributing factors, I would say, to all diseases, because it's so ubiquitous. And some people handle it well, and it ends up not being a problem. But ultimately, the people that you and I talk to, Mm -hmm. because of the environment we live in, you work for, you own a company um, that helps to remediate mold. I owned a company that helped people with illness. And so consequently, if that mold is a component of that illness, then it is in fact the cause of everything. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I, I fall into that trap too because because we're, we're looking at a skewed sample of people, right? We're, we're meeting with people who are in mold every day and then they explain the symptoms and we're mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, it's gotta be part of it. So I think it is, I think, well, is it safe to say this, Dr. Wright? Mold is, and this is kind of what we just said earlier, but it's a much bigger, health concern that anyone gives it credit for, Absolutely. I guess. Absolutely. I guess so many people get sick and I'll see them going, you know, I'll meet with people who, who go see a pulmonologist and, and they'll get them on some, some medicine that helps their breathing mm-hmm. or whatever the issue is. And all the while they never suspect their, they never suspect their environment, their own home. They take, they get the medicine, they come back and they spend more time relaxing in that home. hmm where it's actually causing them to be more sick. Uh-huh. So, I think that's
1: the point you're making, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> well,
2: and, uh, and, fe- and, do- and patients should go see doctors to help them with their symptoms. Yeah.
1: So that's, uh, that's one thing I'd like to hear your input on, mm-hmm. um, is uh, some people will treat the home and they feel better fairly quickly. Others, it seems like it's, it's a long journey to get mm-hmm. better, I mean, what are the what are the uh, variables there that are the differences of getting well quick versus taking so some time?
2: You have the genetic component, meaning, uh, and uh, I, I tell my patients this regularly. I sometimes will have a husband and wife come in, and the husband's kind of cranky, and the wife says, "Well, he doesn't believe me." And I say, "So you guys are like <laughs> genet- you guys are you yeah. guys are twins, right?" And the husband looks at me like, "You're stupid. We're not twins. Why would I marry my twin sister?" Well, yeah, I'm not stupid, but. If you're saying that you genetically are the same as your wife and therefore since you don't have symptoms, your wife shouldn't have symptoms either, is a little bit of an in, of insanity. It, we are different individuals. She grew up in one place and has been exposed to stuff. You grew up in one place and were exposed to stuff. That is going to affect who you are today. Genetics plays a role. Um, how your immune system was primed to deal with things throughout your life is gonna play a role. Um, Other factors, other environmental factors, um, for example, heavy metals, that's going to skew your immune system, make you more reactive. Um, Chemicals, pesticides, all the environmental stuff. Your nature of food, if she loves her vegetables and you hate your vegetables, and you're the one who's not sick, well, how sick would she have been if she didn't love her vegetables? We don't know. That's an unknown. Uh, And so reality is, is mold is one major component of health. There's a lot of others as well you take the person who has the best genes on the planet, they don't have to do very much to maintain their health. You take the person who has the worst genes on the planet, they have to do everything to maintain their health, and they're still only gonna get 50% better. Yeah. And so there's a lot of factors in that, and that's where a good doctor um, is going to help you to tease those things out. Some people don't get better with mold, but if you got it taken care of and you no longer have mold, awesome. Now we can start work on, working on the rest of the problem. but the reason why we're having this podcast, the reason why we're educating is because is people ignore the fact that mold might be a problem yeah. and they don't get it fixed.
1: Yeah, yeah you correct. know, an interesting story. I, I went to a, a bid of a customer and she greeted me at the door and she said, yeah, Dr. Wright said until I get my house taken care of, he, he's not going to see me anymore until I get it taken <laughs> care of, which I thought was funny. But it, it makes sense because you can do everything right, but mm-hmm. if they keep re-exposing themselves in the home, it's not gonna get better.
2: Your environment, what you do every day is the foundation of your health. So if yeah. you're drinking water, you're gonna be more hydrated, that's gonna be a plus for you. If you're not drinking water, you're drinking some other stuff, or you're drinking nothing, that's going to be a minus for you. If you live in a home that's safe, that's gonna be a plus for you. If you live in a home that's not safe, then every breath you take in that home is going to be a minus for you. How big is the plus or the minus? It depends on a lot of factors. Yeah. But for people who are mold ill, If you're living in that moldy environment, like, look, if you can't afford to fix it, then go get a tent, sleep in the backyard. At least then you'll be sleeping in a place that's not poisoning you.
1: Which, sadly, we see,
0: don't we? Yeah. Yeah, And so I have a question, doctor. I've actually been wondering this myself as I've been, you know, we commonly talk about how there's, you know, there's the kind of allergenic side of mold. Mm Mm-hmm you know, which is maybe, you know, as, as you listed out the symptoms, it's maybe more of the sniffles and the, the mm-hmm. throat and the cough, maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, is that right? Mm-hmm. And then then there's the toxicity, the toxic illness side, which maybe is more of the neurological stuff, the, the electrostatic shock stuff. Mm-hmm. is that, I I've, I've try to parse it out in my mind, what symptoms are more allergenic or, or, and which ones are toxic? It, is it safe to say neurological is pretty much always toxic?
2: Uh, Yes, pretty much everything that's not allergic, like the itchy eyes, watery nose, cough, you know, sneezing. Everything that is not underneath that category is, I would generally say, is toxic. You have to think of uh, any compound your body has to use or get rid of. So if you take in, let's say, vitamin C... Vitamin C is a complicated molecule that has ascorbic acid in it, and that is a molecule that our, since our bodies cannot manufacture, if we don't get enough, then we get a disease called scurvy. Mm-hmm. Since since your body can't manufacture this chemical or this compound, we call it a vitamin.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We've discovered those things.
0: yeah,
2: And that's why a vitamin is vitamins, because you can't make it, you have to eat it. So, um, but you can develop toxicity to those. Some are near impossible, others it is possible. But if you can't if you have a compound that your body can't metabolize very well then it can build up in your body and it can cause poisoning. Now, poisoning, you'd think of arsenic or carbon monoxide or something like that, okay. but you can have subtle poisoning that causes you know, neuropathy, where you're getting numbness and tingling. It's not going to kill you, but it's sure going to make you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You could have poisoning that slows your brain down, where your brain just can't operate anymore, or you could have poisoning that hits the mitochondria, that's the powerhouse of the cell that gives you energy, and it slows that down, so you wake up every morning and you had a good night's sleep and you don't feel refreshed because you're just more tired,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and it's because it's hitting the mitochondria and slowing that down, therefore you just don't have as much energy as you used to have.
0: Yeah. So it seems like more <coughs> of the, the complicated symptoms, it's a, it's a toxic route. Probably. Yeah. Okay. And then I've also heard I've also heard people talk about even, even make three categories out of it. So there's the, the allergenic, the toxic, and even the infection, mold infection. Do, you, do you have, I didn't know what that meant that, if they were talking
1: about more like sinus infections, I guess? or I Maybe mean like a sinus infection yeah. or a lung
2: infection. Um, mold infection is going to be a minor case because if you have an infection of mold, meaning your body is, mold is basically growing on in and around your body, mm-hmm. it's a life-threatening condition. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've got mold in your blood and you have a blood poisoning of mold, mm-hmm. um, you're not going to live very long. Mm -hmm. Because it means that your systems have been so massively overloaded, but we call it you have mold toxicity or mold infection because it's a polite way of helping people understand. But medically speaking, it's inaccurate.
0: Okay. Okay. So it's not referring to, I was thinking of, you and I talked about this, like athlete's foot or toenail fungus or...
2: That's an infection, but mm-hmm. it's it's usually a fungal infection, less mold, more fungus. But they are kind of in the same category.
0: Okay. And
2: so, but that's a that's not a systemic infection. That's a local infection. Now we talk about candida as a you have a systemic candida infection. Well, yes, you do, but it's not really the thing because you have to put everything in the context of modern medicine because they're the they're the, you know the golden rule is he who has the gold makes the rules. So since they have the gold, they make the rules. <laughs> oh, is so that so,
1: how that goes? I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the golden okay. rule. I, you I'm, should. Every that. makes sense, no, So no. the
2: thing is, is, since that's the standard that everybody understands, let's speak in that term. So if you have a candida infection that's systemic, that's a life-threatening condition. Whereas in my office, I might say you have systemic candida, but it's not necessarily the same thing. We use it for ease of understanding. But if you're talking to your medical doctor, they're going to laugh at you if you say that. Yeah. Or they're going to you know, they're saying you don't know what you're talking about. I went to medical school. You didn't. Uh, and they might kick you out of their office, in which case you might want to go find somebody who's a little bit more understanding to you not speaking medical.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> but anyway, that's just a bias of mine. Yeah.
0: yeah, so so basically, you know, even ringworm I was just thinking of too. Those aren't, yeah, they're fungal, but they're not going to be
1: things that are caused by you being in a moldy environment right. per se. Not necessarily. Okay. Hey, I want to touch, just because I'm really interested in this, I see this all the time, mm-hmm. is the electrical shocking? Yeah, what that you brought up you brought yeah. that up, yeah I, that's a it's, really cool it's, thing. It's a t- crazy, common denominator with all people that have mold in their homes. yep, I'd never known why I just knew it was a fact
2: so this is what Shoemaker educated me on. The guy okay. who wrote the book on, literally wrote the book on mold toxicity. So what happens is is your body gets exposed to mold. Mold eats by creating biologic toxins that dissolve the food on the outside of it so that it can absorb those broken down nutrients. We eat a different way. We absorb it, put it into our stomach and secrete stuff that breaks it down, then we absorb it. So it's, it's different that way. When the mold is releasing these biologic toxins, they have to be removed somehow. And when in their process of removing it causes the, it, it actually changes the way the brain operates. So our bodies make a thing called antidiuretic hormone. That's exactly what it says. Antidiuretic means diuretic means you pee more. Mm-hmm. So if you make more antidiuretic hormone, you're peeing less. Okay. okay. So basically, it affects that these toxins, biologic toxins, get into the brain. So you make less antidiuretic hormone, okay. which means you are peeing more. Well, the kidneys need to concentrate the urine in order to get rid of bad stuff. It's our second Mm -hmm. most powerful detoxifying organ. So you need to be getting rid of electrolytes. You take them in and you pee them out. You get too much and it causes problems in the circular system. So you need to be dumping those things. So when the brain gets involved because of mold toxicity, it changes that hormone and people start peeing a lot okay. And they get a thing called diabetes insipidus. Now, that's a different thing, but that's the medical term for this. Theirs isn't a real one, because it won't show up on blood tests, but it's kind of a pseudo one. And so they start peeing a lot. Well, the thing is, is they're not peeing out electrolytes. So uh, the body has a plan B for getting rid of those minerals, those electrolytes. That's to put it out on the skin. okay. So when you put it out on the skin, what happens is it creates a static electricity charge on you, so that when you touch something metal, it discharges that static electricity shock.
0: Wow. So, that's interesting. That is so interesting. Yeah.
2: So it's. I think it's a really cool symptom because the body has plan B and C. Yeah. If plan A is you can't get rid of the toxin, plan B is it changes the way you pee. Plan C is it puts it out through the skin, which has this cranky side effect of getting static.
1: Well, you know, here sharks. in Utah, because wow. it is so dry, people think they, well, they want to humidify their home, right? So mm-hmm. they put humidifiers mm-hmm. on. And I've been to hundreds of customers where the, where I tell them, I wouldn't run that humidifier if I were you. I, you. You need a dry environment to not have mold, and invariably they'll say, "I have to have that humidifier, otherwise I get shocked like crazy." Well, it, the root of the problem is the mold. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Do you, Do you suggest against the de- or the humidifier?
2: I think there's a fine line. I do suggest against it. I do encourage against it. But on the flip side, you also need it otherwise with dehydration. So usually I'd recommend a humidifier on low. Yeah. Not on yeah. the high. Yeah. I mean, humidity has some good and bad things. You yeah. kind of find the sweet spot where you can not get bloody noses at night, but also mm-hmm. not yeah. create mold in your house either. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I I I tell people this is just my personal opinion. I'm good with the the local humidifiers. It just you plug into the wall in your room. Hmm? You can keep an eye on those. You can make sure they don't get moldy. You can keep yeah. them clean. Something that you're spraying. Moisture into your HVAC, that scares me to death because you don't know what's going on in there.
2: But even the small ones. I mean, uh, we've had humidifiers in my house that were the small area ones, uh-huh. and I had kids that turned them up so high that literally the carpet was damp.
0: Yeah. Mm. And, right. and
2: so it's it's you have to find the sweet spot.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Back to this elect- electrostatic shock thing, is that what you were referring to when you were reading the symptoms? Yes. Or Were you referring to, I've heard some people, and maybe it's the same thing, but they feel almost like electricity pulsing through their their body or something. That's more
2: of a neurologic thing, and it's not the static electricity shocks that where you touch something metal and it arcs, you get the little uh, lightning between you two. Um, But some people's nerves are so inflamed, and I would call, I would say toxic because it's a broad sweeping term, Mm -hmm. I would say they're so toxic that now their nerves feel like they are being charged up or being shocked. And that's a different issue. There's a lot of reasons for that, but that's usually a heavy-duty sign that somebody's got too many toxins that they can't mm-hmm.
0: release.
1: Yeah. That's really interesting. Stuff. We could go up for hours. Well, seriously, we right. could. Yeah, we and, could.
0: And, mm-hmm. and actually, this reminds me, maybe we could do this as a project afterwards. I would love to, you know, all the major symptoms. Because you, you're saying some some appear in later stages when mm-hmm. it's, I mean, that one sounds like a later that's stage. That's a later stage. Mm-hmm. Like, this is serious. Um, early, so early stage might be more allergenic stuff, right? Yeah. It, it might, it might start be just fatigue.
2: Cough. You would just wake up tired. Yeah. It may, it might be that, you know, you used to be able to do math in your head and now you can only do you know, now you can only do long division in your head. You can't do algebra in your head. Yeah. I mean, right. yeah. A- and you yeah. might say, Well, you know, I'm getting old. Well, let's not blame old. I know some ninety something year olds who are sharp as attack. Yeah. yeah. Let's not blame birthdays. Yeah. yeah. Something else is going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. G- give us a progression that you've seen. Like, okay, their brain starts getting foggy, and then give it to worst case scenario. It's
2: hard to give a progression because it's different in every person. Yeah, one. That uh, you've but seen it might be, um, you know, you if it might be that you just. Can't work out quite as long as you used to be. Maybe when you're running, you can't run quite as far as you used to be, mm-hmm. or you wake up a little bit more tired than you used to. Or okay. you might find that you're you're not quite as sharp. You can't remember the phone numbers quite as fast, or you can't remember people's names yeah. quite as well. It's like a, quite on the t- on the tip of your tongue, but you can't quite remember the person's name. But after you know thinking about it a minute, yeah, it, it comes to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or it could be that um, you start gaining a little bit of weight. Uh, You know, all of these things are easily written off as aging. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we had a baby, so you know, you usually expect to gain a couple of pounds. (laughs) Yeah. That's rude. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or, oh, you know, but anything that was changed if you moved into a new home and, man, I just haven't felt good since we moved into this home. Well, what was that like? Well, it was really stressful to buy the home and, you know, we went through some unemployment at the same time. Well, okay, well, look at that. But if it continues to progress, well, did you take any vacations? Yeah, how'd you feel? I felt really good on my vacation. Well, it could be that you're on vacation, and that you hate your job, or, or it could or, be that your yeah. home was poisoning you when you <laughs> finally got out of it.
0: Yeah,
2: um, you felt better.
0: So, w- so you talked about some of those things. Like I can't quite remember things as well. What would be, when I said progression, I mean, what? Okay, that's that's maybe an early Earth sign, right? Mm-hmm. Like what would be well, kind of a medium? And so a so then severity? so you
2: go from okay, I can't think and process very well. It's like now now you can't work like you used to. Now you can't think and you're thinking maybe you need to change jobs. Maybe you're starting to get more anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking, well, it's because of other things. Well, it might be from other things too. Or maybe now you're starting to get so sick that you're going to see the doctor. Um, Or now you went to the doctor and they say, well, we need to send you to a rheumatologist because you got a lot of weird symptoms or now you've been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, mm-hmm. or now you can't handle walking down the fabric softener aisle of the grocery store because it gives you a migraine. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, now you have, di- now, and so if you continue to go to the doctor and you continue to pick up more and more diagnoses, now you, instead of having no diagnoses, now you're on three medications for yeah. five different diagnoses, yeah. mm-hmm. and you're continuing to get worse, and those medicines don't seem to be helping. Yeah. Now you don't digest your food. Now your food makes you sick, mm-hmm. and then it progresses to, oh, now you are now you can't think. Now you have to stay in bed. Now you can't remember anybody's name. Now you can't do the equations. Now you can't do the mental processing. Now you can't um, program computers. You know you used to be really good at your job, but now they're talking about letting you go or telling you to take some time off because you just can't function.
0: Yeah. Wow. What's the what's the worst? person you've seen um, for mold toxicity like what what i would say it was
2: a case that i worked with and i failed i didn't know anything about mold toxicity then Mm -hmm. Um, i actually learned about this three weeks after a patient died Mm -hmm. Um, and she was uh, going to primary children's for some just weird diseases and didn't know um, but their toilet their their sewer had backed up twice Mm -hmm. and so even though i don't know if that was it it all fits yeah Yeah. um the second worst case was a family that I saw and mom was in a wheelchair, son was flunking out of school, a couple of daughters were having ADD, ADHD, uh, emotional problems, dad had a whole bunch of other issues. Um, And they, you guys did a great job on their house, uh, but they were so highly sensitized, they fully needed to move and leave most of their stuff in that house when they moved to the new house. You guys fogged their new house too, did a great job again. Uh, and they are, I mean, I see the dad occasionally, I saw the mom occasionally. Mom didn't walk in, in a wheelchair anymore. Yeah. Um, she wow. was in a wheelchair because yeah. she was so tired she couldn't function.
0: Wow. Isn't this the one, Mike, you were telling me the kid
1: thanked you later yeah. for he, saving he, him from he, depression or something? Yeah, he said he was he, he, he was actually going to serve a mission for our, our church. Yeah. And and he said, I, I would have never been able to do that um, had you not corrected the home. He said, immediately I could feel a difference in my depression and my anxiety, um, just by treating the home. Wow. So,
2: a lot of times crazy. the symptoms are so nondescript, meaning if you hit your thumb with a hammer, you know why and you know what, it hurts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times the symptoms are so vague that you just wonder, well, maybe I had too much fun on Saturday night, or maybe I got right. drunk and this, whatever. Whatever a thing, you blame it on something else. Um, and so this, because the symptoms are so subtle, and so noxious and so progressive, you don't realize that you're even getting sick because they're not classic sick symptoms.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, I I don't know if I've ever told you the story of my mom, Dr. Wright. I think I've told that on a podcast before, but I look back now, she died at 72, way, way, way too young. Mm -hmm. Um, She was really sick, debilitatingly sick the last 10 years of her life. I look back now and every home she lived in had water issues, every single home. And it's long before I started this company. And um, they, she was going to just a regular physician. He referred her to a specialist. And she just went down that, you know, that spiraling hole where, okay, now they're giving her steroids to try to help her. Now they got her on pain pills to try to help her. Now she had something else go wrong. They went in and operated on her. She got MRSA in the hospital and it was within just a little while of that MRSA that she passed away. But I look back now, that original illness, I went on my mission for my church, and she was completely healthy. I came home, and my mom was in a wheelchair at the airport to pick me up. And I was like, what on earth is happening? We didn't have any idea what mm-hmm. was wrong. The doctors didn't know what was wrong. They, they, in fact, my dad was traveling a lot to Japan at the time. So I took her down to the U- University of Utah for an appointment. and and. I said to the doctor, what, what do you think is going on here? And he said, well, I think it's, at the time, he called it something like polymyositis or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I said to him, I said, you guys really don't know what it is, do you? And he said, no, we don't. I and appreciate
2: the honesty. Yeah. Uh, that's a doctor I can work with. It's yeah. like, like, we think it is, but we don't know. Yeah. I, I like it when we yeah. professionals will be honest and direct. Like the, she just
1: It was yeah. a downward spiral. And, and I look back now, and it, she was sick from mold. Huh.
0: Yeah. Wow. I, I'd like to I'd like to wrap up, but maybe a concluding, you know, because we kind of we kind of dove into symptoms and and what mold illness and toxicity looks like a little bit. Plus, we got to know you. We want you back, Jeff. On Sounds great. Okay. Let's do it again. This is fun. I I actually learned a ton. We just have all these questions that we wonder too sometimes on the medical side, and we're of course more on the the remediation side. So it's just good to have you come and just answer all the questions well, that let we me, come Let up me with. <laughs>
2: just quickly tell you and to everybody who's listening, um, I find that uh, about 95% of the cases of mold illness can be remediated or improved, not necessarily cured, but remo- uh, improved by doing two things. I tell this to all my patients who I thought had mold. I said two things. And these are non-negotiable. You have to do both of them, otherwise you will not get well. Um, and the people I'm studying with basically say this is two things. But I like simple, because simple is easy to remember and is more likely to get done. So the two, two things are simple but not easy. Number one is you must get out of it, which means you have to eliminate all exposure. You have to get out of it. And then number two is you have to get it out of you. Uh, and so if people, with when they're dealing with a mold illness, if they can get out of it and then work to get it out of them, they will get well. And if they didn't get well, then there's something else we're missing. But -hmm. if it's just heart, just plain mold illness, Mm -hmm. two things you have to do. So I'd say this to all the listeners, and you can quote me on this, you have to get out of it, which is why I love pure maintenance so much. Thank you. Is because that, I used to tell people who were mold ill, you have to leave your house naked and never go back. And I didn't like giving that advice because there's a lot of sentimental things in a home and there's also comfortable things in a home and protection things in a home. But if you take your... Uh, if you take your bed with you and your bed happens to have mold biotoxins in it, then you're sleeping with poison and that's not going to serve you to take that with you. But coming across you, pure maintenance, I love you guys, I can't say that enough. When I came across your technology, it was okay, now here's another way that people can get safe and be able to maintain their current life and lifestyle uh, without having to leave naked and never go back. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I don't
0: want them to leave naked, do you? No, I, I don't well, want to see that.
1: For the most p- part, no. No, no yeah. well, I don't <laughs> want that in my head <laughs> <the> time, yeah. <laughs>
0: We're glad you're not telling that to people anymore either. Um, well, awesome. That is fantastic advice. Get out of it and then get it out of you. Thanks so much for joining us, Dr. Jeff Wright, Mike Adams, Jeremy Evans. This was a great podcast, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do, it on one yeah. Yeah, do it again soon. let do it again. All right. Thanks, yeah. Jeff. Thanks.
2: Thanks for listening to the Mold Matters podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more in-depth information on mold illness and recovery.